Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome in to the latest episode of Floors Yours. This is also doubling as the Five on the Floor post-game show. And also, you'll be hearing this in the morning on Dash Radio, where we are every day, Monday through Friday, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 8 a.m. Pacific. We'll be joined here by Alex Toledo in a second. We've also got Greg Sylvander, Alphonse Sidney. Thanks for joining us on the pregame shows and the halftime shows which were a lot more fun than the second half was. We're going to be taking your comments. Again, if you haven't listened to this show before, this is a lot about our audience, and we get our audience uh, from Twitter and our YouTube channel, and it kind of feeds what we do here. Guys, before we get to some of the commentary, and again, we're going to go through some of the comments that come in, uh, let's get to exactly what happened here. 130 to 116, the Heat lose. Uh, The Heat scored 73 points in the first half. They gave up 74 points in the second half, uh, 36 and 38. Uh, some of the leaders for Miami, uh, Duncan Robinson with 21 as a starter, uh, 7-11 from the field, five three-pointers. Tyler Hero with 20 off the bench. There were also six, uh, five other players for the Heat in double figures. For the Bucks, 33 for Giannis on 13 of 17 shooting, 12 rebounds and four assists after he got off to a slow start and was dealing with foul trouble the whole game. 33 for Chris Middleton, though. Um, that's what got him as Alex Toledo joins us. 9 of 14 from the field, 10 of 10 from the line, 5 of 6 from 3, including a couple that were banked. And, uh, you know, let, let, let's start here. Um, everything that was going right in the first half, which we, we talked about during the halftime show, and, and a couple of you guys were on that. The ball was moving. They were playing unselfishly. Uh, they were getting after it defensively. They got Giannis in foul trouble. They were running different bodies at Giannis. You can just see it all fall apart in the first four minutes of the third quarter. And and, and I, I know that we won't want to make too much of one game during the bubble situation against the number one seed in the East that we talked about was going to be motivated for this game for a whole bunch of different reasons. Didn't want to fall to 3-0 or 0-3 against Miami. Wanted to get its own act together after losing 5 out of 6. Wanted to clinch the East and get it over with. I get all of those things. But the third quarter struggles, it's a repeated thing with this team. And so I don't think we can just look past it. I'll yeah, you can. You. I mean, you got you, you have Bam in foul trouble early. Ridiculous foul calls. Bam in foul trouble early. No Jimmy. No Gorn for any relief off the bench. Like, come on. Like Against the best team in the NBA. Like, there is no team in the league that's going to play limited minutes from its uh, second best player and no minutes from their first and maybe third or fourth best player, depending on where you put Duncan Robinson in the hierarchy. Like, this is not – to me, this is is not even something to really even worry about. Like, this is like – this dumping – like, there's a lot of things to uh, that we can talk about throughout the bubble, but this game is so outlierish. That first half, 
Like, don't we we can't even get that excited about the first half. The second half, you can't get that down about the second half because this, if you are going into a series against the Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. without Goran Dragic, without Jimmy Butler, and with 22 minutes of Bam out of bio, you will lose every game by 30 to 40 points. Like, this is I, I, I get that out, but I don't know if we can have it both ways because we were on here, and I know you were on here briefly on the halftime show on the YouTube channel, but everybody was giddy at halftime. So, I, I, I we, we can't say. We're not even going to think about what happened in the first half now because we were. Okay, so I, I get it. In, in the big picture, no Dragic, no Butler, Bam non-aggressive, Bam in foul trouble. But we need to talk about that too, by the way, okay? And, and we do need to get to Bam. Uh, let's just start with what happened the first four minutes of, of the third quarter because it is, again, like you said, no, no Jimmy. Dragic wouldn't have been out there anyway. But no Jimmy. But they played well without Jimmy the other day. Alex, what, what happened just – as you're watching it offensively, what broke down? I mean, everything kind of balanced, you know, it kind of went right back to that balance that I think we were expecting. I think we're kind of taking for granted what happened in that first half where, you know, for the Heat to kind of basically be up 18 and around there for an extended period of time against the Bucks without their two best playmakers, essentially the two point guards, Jimmy and Goron. I mean, it's ridiculous. We do, we know, like we know that they, most of their offense gets generated from the Bam and Duncan combo so that's why they were really able to get their offense from and I think that's really the key to the first and second half I think in the first half they were really able to shake Duncan free enough I mean not that the Bucks weren't really uh trying to take him out of the game but in the second half they they really did a better job getting them all off the line and I think at the end of the day the Bucks game plan was trying to mimic what the Raptors did maybe not as aggressive but you know they 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 let the Jay Crowders of the world shoot. You saw Derrick Jones Jr. get a lot of wide open shots. Like those shots, I'm really glad he made them. The shot doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look bad. But he those shots were wide open for a reason. They're they're trying to get Duncan off. But in the second half, they couldn't really generate any offense off of it. And and it kind of just kept breaking down. We saw a lot of Kendrick Nunn at the end of the shot clock, and that's not the greatest thing. All right, let's get right to it. Let, let's do it because uh, we talked about it in pregame. We talked about it in halftime. And I don't I, – like I said, I think all of us are pulling for Kendrick to pull through this. But at this It's point, not his fault. Without uh, Jimmy and Gore on there, like well, those no, are the I, hub I, for I, him. But, but, but I, I want that perspective, okay, because because everybody's piling on on one side right now. Here are the numbers. Four, five of 17 overall, which was four of 10 from three, which isn't bad. Had two turnovers. It looked like more. There were a bunch of times he got caught up in the air, and, and they just happened – the ball got tipped to another Heat player. But he's – He's up in the air all the time. He seems to be aggressive when he shouldn't be aggressive. He's not aggressive when he should be aggressive. But, Alex, that perspective, before I get to Greg, I mean, it, it, does he have to be playing with one of those guys? Because it's clear he can't generate this stuff on his own right now. He least. could do this He could do this versus the Orlando Magic, a DJ Augustine. He's not going to do this versus the Bucks, who had the best defense, who have Eric Bledsoe out there, who's uh, probably going to uh, you know, make all defense first or second team. Like, I think it's a really tough thing for him to do. Like, that that team is a ridiculously good defense, and they do kind of allow shots that he's good at, but he's not that guy to handle the offense for you. I don't think he can do that. Is my video messing up again? No, you sound fine today. You're good. But is the, the, the video delayed? No. <laughs> okay, because it is from my end. <laughs> no, we're, we're here. Let, let me flip to Greg here for a second. Uh, you, you know the history of Heat fans. They like to find one guy to pile on, and, and you know that, that person becomes the, the scapegoat for everything. And I feel like that's starting to happen with Kendrick. And after another 5 for 17 where he's a minus 17, I mean, other guys struggled. Bam struggled. 
in the second half. I mean, nobody played particularly. I mean, even Hero didn't play well in the second half. He played exceptionally well in the first half. Uh, but is there a way for him to dig himself out of here, out of this, or are we looking at momentum where eventually he's going to become a part-time player for this team in the playoffs? I mean, I hate to say that it's the latter, but this is more than just an isolated game where he's against an overmatched um, Milwaukee opponent and he's missing some key guys that would unlock things that he does. He's been doing this in every scenario that we've seen, essentially. And at some point, I think that Spolster is going to have to look at something. I think the favorite is probably Tyler Hero to take that spot at some point. But the issue, though, this is like the the thing that I think uh, Spo is having. A, it's a conundrum essentially. There's a, a SAT word when with Gorn and Jimmy out, you can't really shelve Kendrick Nunn. You have right. to kind of just weather the storm and play him. So that's, I mean, unfortunately, you know, by the way he's playing, I think that he's going to be involved. So he's not going to get completely buried. But I could absolutely see them putting Tyler in the starting lineup come, uh, what's that, Phoenix, Saturday. I mean, Alf, you you and I, we talked to a bunch at the beginning of the season about Kendrick learning to make the right decisions, right? And, and in that sense, you know, he was such a prolific scorer early. I kind of tweeted something out, and I feel like everybody's now used it, which is that Kendrick ate against bad teams. That, that was happening a lot early in the season. And it, it just seems like, you know, to Alex's point, when you play a good defensive team, a disciplined defensive team, a physical defensive team with some size, that he struggles. Um, you put him against a team that's going to the lottery, he gets you 25. But they're not going to see any of those teams anymore. No. That's uh, right. So, so, so what – and I know you have to play him now, but I thought that was the positive today was that you had no Dragic, you had no Jimmy, and, and, and none had a chance to kind of work his way out of it. It didn't happen. Uh, when do you make what, the move? I, I'm – I mean, if it was me, <laughs> I mean, I'd make the move immediately. Um, and Hero had his struggles too, right? Hero had some bad turnovers in the fourth and the third. In the whole second half, neither of those guys mm. played exceptionally well. But the thing is, what Hero brings you on the other side of the ball, he's he's an adequate defender. And also, um, his shot is his shot and his playmaking skills are overall more reliable than Kendrick's are. And I would not say that for the season. I'm talking about just talk about the four bubble games, right? Mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn has been, I mean, I don't know another way to put this, but he's been awful on both sides of the ball. If Kendrick is giving up 15 points on one side, but getting you 17 on the other, that's one thing. But when he's not giving you anything offensively, but turnovers and bad shots, taking the offense out of its rhythm, like, and he's not giving you anything defensively either. Like then what, what is he doing out there? Now I will say today he had a better defensive game than, and this probably his best defensive game of the bubble. Right. Um, you didn't really see George Hill or uh, Bledsoe go off on him. He And he had that nice chase down block on Bledsoe. Yeah. Like he held his own a little bit. But there's a lot of times what he does defensively does not automatically trigger a guard making a shot. It just break, he what he does breaks down the entire defense. But I don't think he was bad today defensively. But the, if he does nothing on the other end and he keeps the turnovers today – like you said, it was two. I thought it was nineteen. Like yeah. well, I felt Tyler like he had, kept getting caught in the lane and throwing Al, the ball away. Tyler had five, which surprised me. But I, I, I doesn't there surprise were, me at all. Well, there there were some sequences where he was trying to do too much. They both have this habit, uh, although none in particular. They both have this habit of trying to make these tight passes in the paint, and those are the ones that, say, or trying to make a pass in the air. 
And those are the ones that are always getting picked off. Um, and so, I mean, that's, it, 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 you know, look, neither of them is a point guard. Neither of them is a point guard. Okay. We've talked about this many times. They don't really have a point guard. I mean, even Dragic, as well as he played, is not traditionally uh, a point guard. But I, I just think when you're looking at, at where they are right now, it seems to me like this is setting up for game one playoff series, Tyler Hero as a starting guard, whatever you want to call him. And then essentially you're, you're four off. You're going to, he's not going to play five off the bench. I don't think in the postseason. So I think it's going to come down to none or DJJ getting minutes. It's going to be one of those two. Let's transition a little bit here too. I want to get to Bam. Okay. And we got a lot of comments coming in. We're going to try to scroll back through them. Uh, Manny's throwing them in our, our producer, Manny Chang's throwing them in rapid fire for us. I'm going to try to try to catch up to them as best I can. Bam today. Um, there's going to be somewhat of an overreaction to this from some because he was again he was two of ten. He only played 22 minutes. He had five fouls, but again of the six points, three were that three at the end of the half. I mean, so he really didn't give you anything offensively today at all. Uh, does does he need to be in more of a takeover mode when he doesn't have? Because we saw it in the Washington game of the season. No Jimmy took over. I never felt that from him even before the foul trouble today. I mean, you just said it right there, man. The Washington game. The Wizards are one of those teams where you play them and guys are having career games. And Bam is that guy, by the way. We, I mean, we've been talking about it all year, that he can do that. He's not there yet at a consistent level. I don't think I don't think that was going to be possible at all today. With no Jimmy and Goran out there, it's not just the playmaking because we know Bam could do stuff with the ball. But the problem is when he's the main threat, him and Duncan Robinson are the main guys being scouted out there. And then you've got, you know, Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the back line, which is where, you know, frankly, the only place that Bam can be effective when we're just talking about scoring on offense. You know, like, I, I just don't think it was the the right game for him to go off scoring-wise. I think he tried to do as much as he could to kind of quarterback the team and be a stable presence on offense, you know, make the right reads. And I thought he did a, actually a really good job with that. He, he found Duncan a few times there, and he found others. And I think he's just so good at that team scouted and they and he still just, you know, does it a bunch of times a game. It's not like, a you know, a couple of times. This is something that's just happening constantly. So, mm-hmm. you know, that makes me happy. I just don't think, you know, he was going to do it against Giannis and Brooke Lopez, what it comes down to. Uh, I mean, he's great. He's just not a guy that you can necessarily just throw it down to and have him facilitate getting buckets necessarily. Two seven footers. Um, And and particularly Alex hit on it. Like this Milwaukee matchup is not like when we talk about Bam taking over games, it can happen the way it did against Boston, where it's like offensive rebounds, beasting in the paint, getting dunks, things like that. He's not going to do that against two seven footers and like basically the best defense we've seen in a really long time. So it it was incumbent on the shooters to to make shots, which they did in the first half, but also – just from his approach, and this is the one thing Ethan touched on early, and, and and it's it's vital. At some point, he has to just go. He has to like take a page out of the Michael Beasley play, playbook and take shots and like take some bad shots. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think he's so much like Chris Bosh and that he doesn't want to make a bad play. But right now, with it with his ascension, we need him to shoot. Well, so let me get to this with you, Alf, because this comment's come in a couple times, and I want to address it. Uh, Eric decided not to let Bam through, play through the foul trouble, right? Uh, Bud, Bud let Giannis play through the foul trouble. Spo didn't let Bam necessarily play through the foul trouble. That tends to be uh, Spolstra's M.O., too, traditionally. Yeah. Right? He will take guys out. 
Um, I am always of the belief you let the guy play through the foul trouble because it, it, if the coach takes him out of the game, it's exactly what the fouls would have done to him at the end of the game. So, and you dare the you dare the ref to make the call. Correct, especially especially when you get to a point where you have a reputation like Bam has now, where he's an all star. So you're you're not going right. to get the Giannis breaks. You're not going to get the LeBron breaks. You're going to get some breaks. But here, here's my thing, and I just want to go to Alf on this because if you're not playing Myers Leonard. Okay, and they're not playing Myers Leonard. Like this is not a one game, two game. It's nothing to do with the anthem. There's nothing to do with chugging beer. Okay, they're just not playing Myers Leonard right now. Okay, they're playing two bigs. I mean, Kelly Olynyk played 34 minutes tonight, and he wasn't great offensively either. He was eight of eight from the line, but he was two of eight from the field and a minus 23 with 13 points. But then, if that's the case, Bam is going to get in some foul trouble. Because mm-hmm. even though he's really good for a big at avoiding fouls because of how well he moves his feet and how quick he is and all the rest of that, he's gonna be. There's gonna be some of these games. I, is Eric's got two choices? He's either got to play Myers Leonard, okay, or he's got to let Bam play through it. You, you can't do what you did today. And take I thought you were gonna say Chris Silva. I don't think honestly. I don't. I don't think if this was an important game, we would have seen the same game plan from Eric Spolstra. Like that's where I really, I really come down on this. First of all, I think there was a lot of nonsense called. Um, I think uh, Giannis probably had 15 fouls. (laughs) Like if you watch that game, Giannis should have fouled out in the second quarter. But listen, it is what it is, and I, I really think it was more about um, limiting Bam's minutes than it was about uh, foul trouble. Like, I don't think he was as worried about foul trouble. Like, if this was an important game, there's no way that he wouldn't have started the fourth quarter with Bam out there, only up six after after blowing that lead. So I, I, I think it was more a product of the game, the, the type of game that they were playing. Um, I mean, we're watching that the Heat are settling into that 4-5 seed, right? Uh, we saw Ben Simmons go down. The Heat are going to be the 4-5. Of the five, Andy much. lost today, too. Andy lost, yeah. Okay, so listen, they're going to be the four of the five seed. There's no home court advantage in this thing. It doesn't matter. So why burn out Bam? Um, I do think, I, I, you know, all those minutes for Olenek, a lot of minutes for Iggy, like that surprises me a little bit. I would have thought, you know, if we, if, if, if Spolster really didn't care about this game, he would have probably went deeper into the bench. But, I mean, he played, what, 12 guys? Um, I mean, and, he, but he, I think, he, he, didn't, he didn't really play 12 guys. He played, he played, he played nine guys. I mean, Kyle, I mean, Alexander and Silva got a minute each. It's hard Solomon to, it's hard to do Solomon with, it's hard to do with, minutes. it's hard to do with losing 45, 50 minutes a game from Goron and Butler. You know what I mean? So I, I think, it, I think it was less a product with the fouls and more a product about how, of how important this game was. All right. I'm going to get to some of the comments here. Let, let's go to this. Uh, this one comes in, says Spo lost the game when he didn't put Myers in at all. You know, I don't. I mean, the Myers Leonard that we saw playing in the bubble so far, I don't know how much that guy helps you in a game. What like does this. Myers do for you in this game? That's what I want to know. Offensively, Jay Crowder was better than what Jay Crowder had a better game tonight than I think uh, probably all but like one or two Myers Leonard's ga- Leonard, Leonard games. Like, what does Jay? What does Myers give you over Jay Crowder tonight? They were only out rebounded by five. And they out-rebounded yeah. them on the offensive glass. So, I mean, like, what are we really talking about? With Is it the three-point shooting? Because I don't necessarily think that Leonard is providing that in a different way than KO is. No, I, I think I, I think the biggest thing that they were missing in this game, and, and Spolster's on now, I, I think the biggest thing that they were, they were missing in this game was somebody to settle them in the third quarter. Um, right. And, 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 you know, without – it wouldn't have been Draghi. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. It's at least not in... Well, it might have been Dragic if... The way it's been going, none plays four minutes in the second half, and then Goran plays the rest of it. So it, it might have been Dragic, but it wouldn't have been Dragic until you know halfway through the third quarter. But, yeah, it, it might have been Jimmy. Um, it might have been someone else. But I, I, I understand what you're saying, Alf, and I do think Milwaukee wanted this game more than Miami did for all the reasons we talked about before the game. This is not you know hindsight, okay? All the reasons that – I one of the reasons I thought Milwaukee would win this game. Of course, I thought the Heat would cover, and they would have until that – at the end. Uh, but I, I do think – I don't want to look past the third quarter problem specifically. I know we can say that this game there were some things that were anomalies and Spolster's not coaching it to win as he ordinarily would. But this is not like a one-game sample size or even a one-season sample size. This is a, a, an organization that struggles in the third quarter. We have a name for it. And, and I, I guess what the fans are frustrated about is why it is that when that happens – there's nothing that happens to make it stop. And I, I don't know what it could have done to make it stop today, but I do know that you had Hero and Nunn at first repeatedly getting into the lane, either turning the ball over or near turnover. And I I don't know what they what, what could they have done to fix it. I and I, I'm not trying to dominate, but here's here's my question for tonight. Well, over the in, in the bubble, has there has there been an issue in the, the third quarter has not been an issue really much in the in the bubble right Correct. tonight was a, tonight was the first time we've seen it so what i what look, me looking at this game is Milwaukee went into the half and made adjustments Miami didn't have Goran Dragic or Jimmy Butler and then early tr- foul trouble on Bam what adjustments can they make at that point 
Like what? Ad- like what adjustments are you hammering Spo on in the third <clears throat> quarter? Like if if the answer was Myers Leonard, please let me know. Like because I want to know was the answer Myers Leonard to stop that onslaught that was coming? Because if it was, like no. I mean, I mean Myers. Uh, I mean, we could say to- how about this? We could say that Myers Leonard is somebody that can help in a matchup versus bigger teams like the Bucks and the Raptors, and also say that he was not going to stop what happened in the second half. I mean, no, I think we there was no that coming. This there team was no has adjustment. the number five no point differential of all time. Like, this team is up there with legendary teams. It's just because they don't look like it, I think it's just what like, a, we got to expect know. that that run is coming. It's, it's a great Late. team. Leif, I want to know outside of playing Myers Leonard more, what was the adjustment you make in the second half? Like you just, you just have, over here, like what are you gonna do? You, you just you were hoping that you could continue to shoot threes at the flip, and you know what? Like this is a crazy thing. They ended the game with twenty-one three-pointers made, almost forty-six percent from three. Any mm-hmm. other game, they're gonna win that game. So like Milwaukee just went on a crazy run, and, and not I mean, enough in the second point, half. Yep. Do you mean you run out of gas a little bit? Well, well, but okay, I, I'm getting it. It's 46 percent from three on a huge on huge volume, plus 93 percent from the line with 27 attempts, and you still lose the game by 14. I know. Now, I, now, I mean, I mean that might get to Alex's point that this is a historically great team uh, that did look like one in the first half. We got some comments coming on that are getting us to laugh a little bit, and uh, so this is one of the reasons you got to catch us before it comes out on the podcast. Uh, but I, I mean, th- they were incredibly efficient shooting the ball, except from two. They, they were they were fourteen of thirty seven from two, and and that that again speaks to the fact that their offense, particularly without Jimmy, is that's what it is. It's all unless Bam is going to do some things inside. Their offense is basically all kickouts, dribble handoffs get the ball out to three-point shooters. And usually you'll win with that math. But Milwaukee makes a bet in every game that you're not going to win with that math because ultimately they're going to do enough other things that frustrate you, and eventually they'll get the right guys to shoot those threes, and they'll have enough runs to get away. And, and that's pretty much what they did. All right, I want to go through uh, a couple of more players here. We want to thank, uh, first thing, to um, our sponsors. So check them out, safecubbies.com. Uh, make sure that your workspace is is safe uh, also beautiful but safe um safecubbies.com it's perfect for this this era this covid19 era and also biscayne bay brewing louispeters.com if you're looking for a state farm agent and we appreciate you uh, supporting our sponsors because that helps us continue to produce all this content all right let's get to a couple of other guys today um the back side of the nun conversation is the hero conversation and, and I almost feel like every time we do one of these episodes, we're looking for excuses for him not to be playing the kind of minutes that he played today. He played 33 minutes. He was 6 of 12. Yes, the five turnovers, 7 of 7 from the line, 20 points. And in a game that they lost by 14, ultimately, he was a plus 9. I, I mean, we, we talked – I mean, you talked about it before the bubble. We went – everybody went into the bubble, Greg, that this was the breakout. It was going to happen. There were some shooting struggles early. Everybody was blaming it on his IG model. Nobody's blaming her anymore. Uh, uh, he's doing fine. Uh, you should have never done that, all right? I want to – I mean, come on. I, I, I'm we with you on that. that. I, I don't think we did it on this show. No, you, know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying by we. I, I, I'm talking about man. heat fans, man. We can just stop with that whole Instagram. Crop. I mean, come on, man. These people have lives. Uh, well, they, they should have lives, but they're not. Hating ass lives. energy, man. Shut you, up. You, 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 know, you know how that works. Um, I know what energy you really wanted to say, Alex, but let's right? not. 
but our, produ- <laughs> our producer, Maddie, don't don't tweet at her again from the Five on the Floor account, though, please. Uh, but I, I mean, are 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 we at the point? Are we at the point that this thing needs to be turned over to him more? Because you talk about guys who can create their shot. We talk to guy. We you know you talk about guys who uh, you know can do more than one thing on the floor. He's clearly become a better defender. So. Uh, what is the holdup now? Like, I, I know he, the, he culture, you want to make young guys earn it. But it, at this point, why would he not? Why would you not be penciling him in for 25 to 33 minutes a night? I think you're right. I think we're going to be going to the playoffs. I, mean, uh, I, I believe that they intend to have him as the starter next season. So, like, let's just do this thing. Throw him in there. Um, and now's the right moment when you see Kendrick Nunn struggling, like why not go to it? It's the perfect transition moment. I don't think anyone would go, wow, I'm surprised by this move. So move him into the lineup. You hope Jimmy comes back, Jimmy and him have, you know, their chemistry and stuff like that. So I, I don't see why now is not the perfect transition point, but Spolstra seems pretty aligned. Like he's stuck by Kendrick uh, throughout this entire thing. And he's done that with other guys along the way as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they react. But if it were me, he would be starting in the next game. Does he just not want to lose Kendrick from a, a confidence standpoint? It has to be you some do. of that. I, I mean, don't think like, Kendrick has a confidence problem. I mean, I don't. Kendrick doesn't seem like the kind of guy to me that would have a confidence issue. Like he's, he's just a limited ball handler, man. That's really all it comes down to at this point. He's, he's limited. That's why he got slotted into that starting lineup. I think uh, once you and I don't mean limited in a at like. Honestly, he's not a lead point guard. That's all there really is to it. He, he's a shooting guard. If, if he was locked in as a shooting guard and you had that label, we wouldn't even be saying that about him because we, we, we know what his role is. He's just not that type of guy or he isn't there yet. He's a rookie. He's a rookie point guard. You know, he's done very well despite that. But he, he's a scorer at the end of the day. That's what he is in, in this moment. And I, I'm not really that worried about it. But you, you already know I'm with the whole start hero thing. I think they will start playing him more. Uh, once the playoffs start, I think it's gonna. I think it, it becomes obvious that Hero can just do a little bit more things and get your offense going. And you know, Kendrick Nunn kind of hesitates a little bit. He's just not that decision maker. I, I just don't think he is. If, if Kendrick Nunn, so let and I want to move off the Nunn Hero thing because we spent a lot of time on it. If Kendrick, if Kendrick Nunn is moved out of the starting lineup, do you think he has a rotation role with his team in the playoffs? That's yes. gonna be, yeah, I think so, but it's gonna be tough because him and Dragic are not a good tandem. Yeah, you're gonna have to get really, really creative in staggering those guys. But how the hell can you, like, like you, there's there's guard minutes that have to go around. He's been such a key cog in this wheel all year. So to just say that, I mean, I guess Myers Leonard did happen, but is it gonna happen twice? Where two guys that have started in the most successful lineups all season are both shelved? Uh, I mean, I think that would be a little unprecedented. Well, can I ask you guys, do you think it's better to start Dragic and let none somebody put it here? Why why don't you let none get his confidence on against second units? Same thing with Hero. I don't know if Hero's the guy to play against like I mean against elite point guards. Dragic, but you gave I mean, none the chance though. Why not give it to Hero? At least uh, maybe maybe not right now, but let's because say because it's going to be it's going to be yeah, next season, but it's going to be the playoffs. Like I really I don't think Hero's a starter when the playoffs come around. I think Dragic is a starter because you trust Dragic. Like and not even just offensively. You trust him defensively to be smart enough, to be enough of a savvy vet that he will figure it out against elite point okay. guard. How about or you this? can hide him on somebody else. 
I don't I don't hate that. I, I don't I really don't hate the idea of Goran starting. My one problem with Goran starting is what you lose in the bench lineup. And like maybe I am overrating it a little bit and, and just because it's cool to have a good bench lineup, but at the end of the day, I think it's really important because uh once Jimmy and Bam come off of the floor, they're able to kind of uh stay in the game and even then their numbers without uh Bam and Duncan are just not good at all. So I think uh that bench lineup is important. I think having Goran there is important to that bench lineup. I don't know if he's as effective if you just start him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he looks as good. I think he's going to have like a diminished role where he may not be doing as much and maybe it impacts the rest of the team, which is why I kind of would rather try Dragic and Nunn off the bench. You know what I'm saying? I I just think if you're going to really move forward with Hero as that type of guy, you think that he's going to be a star eventually, put him there. At the end of the day, I think we all agree that he's a closer, so I don't think that this starter thing is actually really important. And I hate that Nunn and Hero are kind of, we've pitted them against each other. Uh, Yeah. Because they're like really good friends. I, I I don't think we mean to do that. <laughs> it's just kind of the situation of where they are as the teams, as some of the team's better assets. Well, let, let me throw this at you, though. What if, uh, is there a possibility, if you anoint Tyler Hero starter, we see how he responds when he's given responsibility. You see how he responds in terms of his confidence. Like, that may get him to another. You know, it's kind of like Bam this year. Like, you, you clear out Whiteside out of the way, you're the guy. And you saw what it did for Bam. And it's, Tyler strikes me as the type of personality, if he's given that responsibility in the starting lineup, that he may go up another level. And, and I, I just – I think we need to be clear again. This is not really an extension of the last regular season. It is kind of a new season. Like, you had four months off. I mean, Tyler Hero is kind of in his second year. And Kendrick he, Nunn didn't have a training camp. And Kendrick Nunn did not have a training camp. And I, so I think, uh, you know, I, to close that conversation, I think we need to be fair to Kendrick, and we're trying. And I think we were all kind of pulling for him to play better today. And, you know, so he had the block early, he had the three early, but it, it has been a struggle. All right, next part of this I want to get to, and then we're going to close up today. We are trying to take some comments. We know there's been some technical issues on the video side. So one of us is moving fast and one of us is moving slow. I'm not sure what's going on. But uh, hopefully if you, you know, th- this will all sound okay when you hear it, if you hear it in the morning. Um what do you do with the next four now? Because, I mean, you're you're two and two. Uh, you know, you're not catching. Bo- you're not catching Boston. You just try to win as many as you can. That's it. You just make sure you don't slip to six, whatever that means. Like I yeah. don't know from a math perspective yeah. what it means. Uh, I think three was the magic number to clinch four with Boston losses. Mm-hmm. and um, heat wins. So I don't know. You just keep track of that, and you essentially just try to avoid that six spot. Yeah, I think you try to win, but if anybody has any kind of discomfort, is not feeling, uh, you know, above 85%, you sit them right at this point. Um, but the guy, you know, it's the Miami Heat. The guys who are playing on the floor are going to try to win. Like, you saw it happen today. They could have folded and just, and you know, just came out of the gate and just said, hey, we, had, we got no shot, and they, got, they went up by 23. But, you know, like I said before, there's not a lot of adjustments you can make against the best team in the league when uh, – two of your top three guys are out. So yeah, you try to win them. I don't think you I don't think you play this seeding game. I think it's going to be played for you. Like I said, like it's four or five and with no, with no home court advantage, there's no reason to go go too hard and end up hurting somebody who's important to your team. But there's also no reason to just pack it in and, and accidentally fall to six and have to play Boston in the first round. I also think the other thing we got to watch for is Jimmy. I mean, you know, we, we didn't talk about him at all in the post game, but 
We still don't know what the deal is there. Tim Reynolds is in the bubble and said he was walking fine without a limp. He's missed two games after Spolster said they had everybody available in the last game. And I'm just kind of curious to see when he gets in. If I mean, he's a guy who typically wants to play, so you figure he'd get some run before this thing is over. But if he doesn't play Saturday and he doesn't play Monday, then we got to start to think about it because they're not going to give away a whole bunch of additional information. I mean, um, I have a question. So Tim Reynolds tweets that, Jimmy walked in in slippers without a limp. And then he like also teased something about, I have a picture, but I'm not going to post that. Mm-hmm. Why, why is he not sitting at the bench? So, he, so usually players that yeah. are injured may not sit on the bench because they're in the back working out, doing cardio, things like that. Like that, that's customary during the regular season, but he's not doing that. He came in in slippers. So like, why is he, doesn't Jimmy seem to be a guy that would be on the bench, like involved in that, kind of, um, you know, camaraderie and, and, and getting guys, um, you know, like hyped up and stuff like that. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's a little weird that he's so absent and we don't see him. That's yeah. true. That's true. Cause it's been the opposite all season. Correct. And it was That's so what like, I mean. clear, like, it's, especially like being in the locker room, it was obvious that he's like all about the team, which is why like, it kind of makes me uncomfortable even speculating on it. Cause we're not speculating, but that's what it ends up. We're going to end up going to. Cause it's like, if it's not, it's going away from the normal for him, which makes me think it's something serious. You know what I'm saying? Something, something going on. that's serious. Yeah, I don't want to, sp- I don't want to speculate, but ever since Sunday, things have felt weird. Right. Like ever since the, the Jay Crowder and Kelly Olenek com- comments, like things have felt off. I know he played what was it Monday? Um, but, you know, this the, like pure speculation or like I you listen, you guys all know I'm not an insider. I just I, I watch games and drink and talk a lot of shit. There's two insiders um, on this on this stream. Yard. Yeah, exactly. It's not, so it's not, it's not me and Alex. <laughs> um, but yeah, things have just felt weird uh, since Sunday. So who knows? Hopefully it's just. It's nothing, and we're making a big deal of nothing. But it it it, it is a little concerning, you know. You know, you're going to this stretch where they could have put, got in a three seed, and you know, you're missing Jimmy Butler two straight games, and now you're basically, you know, the three seed is just completely out of t- out of uh, out of reach at this point. Well, this is the third pocket of the season where he's missed time, uh, either for personal stuff or something we couldn't figure out, right? Like, the, How about the, this? yeah. I was going to say, uh, moving, because uh, uh, Alf just said the, you know, the three seed kind of goes out of the question if Jimmy ends up taking an extended. I mean, he's already missed uh, two games and they've kind of stayed afloat without him generally. But uh, the three seed, do you guys, what's more attractive to you, Philly and Milwaukee or Indiana and Milwaukee or Toronto and Boston? I, 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 don't, I don't think you want to see, you don't want to see, well, I don't, at this point, I, I think that, after seeing what we saw this week, I, I know. I, I, I don't know that Milwaukee is much better than Toronto. I really don't. And I don't know where you're going to see Indiana or Philadelphia because I, with the Simmons injury and Sabonis being out and, you know, Warren playing the way he's playing, I know they lost today to Phoenix. I, I don't really know where that's going to fall out. I, I, I have think, a feeling if you put it to a poll, yeah. more people would side with wanting to stay in 4-5 at this point, seeing what's happening with Philly and Indiana and their injuries mm-hmm. and then seeing, you know, the confidence that you have going against Milwaukee, beating them twice and I almost agree. beating them again without Jimmy. Yep. Like I think a lot of people would side towards that now. And I'm not as sure, but I'm kind of I'm getting there though. I'm getting there. Well, I, I think the whole thing now is get Dragic healthy. Um figure out they would have won this game if they were healthy. I think it's that simple. Figure out what Jimmy's situation is and and go from there. But I I, I guess my concern uh right now would be 
that, you know, you talk about two insiders on this show. Um, we pretty much in the dark on the Jimmy thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of the doors that are usually open to me there have not been open the past few days. And, and so that that's what makes me a little suspicious about what's going on. Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Some of the comments coming in from Benjamin are distracting me because they're good. Uh, and again, we apologize for the internet. All right, we're going to close. The Hurricane meeting. Jimmy. Hurricane they battered down the doors. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, so we're actually going to close this one up here. Um, we're going to actually give you something else on the podcast feed in addition to this. Join us on Saturday. I know Alf is taking a, what, you're taking a little, a little bit of a mental health break for the weekend, so he will not yeah. be joining us Saturday. But I have nothing I'm else to get to drunk do. in peace. That's right. No, I'm sick of my damn apartment, man. I need to see other things. Like, there's another world out there, supposedly, pre-COVID. You hey, man, you- KZ's getting personal days, so you get a personal day. Bro, That's yeah, right. you guys ain't going to see me Saturday. I don't even want to <laughs> know the score till Sunday morning. All right. Heat, heat lose 130 to 116, 2-2 two and two in the bubble, still in the four seed. It started really well, and then our friend Kylie Wan came in here on the halftime show and completely jinxed it, and so blame her. Not us. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.